Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's podcast, we have a much sought after returning guest, somebody whose uh, acerbic wit and uh, point of view is very, very appreciated, at least from me and my listeners. Welcome to the podcast, Mark. Acerbic, hello. Fair enough. I learned some big words. I learned some big words uh, before the show started, so why not use them, right? So, sure, sure. All right. How have you been doing? Super. That's great. <laughs> effusive. Long time between uh, drinks, and now you're showing off effusive. Okay. <laughs> Just the beginning of that. But still, uh, as I said, the perspective you bring, uh, somebody who's actually very keen on associate cricket. So it's always mm-hmm. nice to have somebody like you on the show. And of course, you are a part of the Guerrilla Cricket Universe. So that means you also have your pulse on what's going on with the Ashes and so on. So I think for me, somebody like you would be an ideal guest. If I were to have you more often, I would be very grateful. Should should we call it the, the Guerrillaverse? Would they like that? Guerrillaverse. Isn't that, isn't that a term we can use anymore? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll use it anyway. Don't ask permission, seek forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, it, what do they say? Yes, that's right. Better to ask forgiveness than seek permission. All right. Now, um, I think we should get straight into the uh, topics at hand. There are quite a few as well. So, thoughts on the third test headingly? Happy England came back? Uh, reasonably. Um, it's, it's good that it's not over after three tests. That's always a, a bonus. There's still a, a bit of interest in the next test, at least. Um, whether or not England can take that dreaded momentum with them, I have no idea yet. Um, but they're carrying Bairstow with them, so that's probably going to be a big anchor. I mean, the way he's played and the way he looks, he looks very, very, uh, let's say, buff. And he does look like an anchor. But in either case, um, it was a very topsy-turvy test. It would have gone anyway, even including the last... Last quarter or so, last quarter of a day or so, it was. It could have gone really anyways. Because, look, um, Mitchell Marsh rescued Australia. The replacement, the Green, I think he did a wonderful job. Run a ball, 118. Lot of boundary hits, 21 boundary hits. So, very, very aggressive innings. Head stayed with him throughout. He, even though Head couldn't score as fast as he would have liked, Mark would immediate impact on introduction into the team. I think he was raring to go, he said. All those horse analogies, right? Chomping at the pit. Makes a difference if you can bowl at, um, at 90 miles an hour. Man, I mean, they say that spell of his, where he took, I think, two or three wickets the first spell, 
was the fastest recorded since they started recording speeds. The spell itself, right? It averaged about 92 or so, 92 miles an hour. What what conditioning and what fitness to actually bowl even four hours at that average, right? Been saving up all his energy just for that. Well, he delivered, and Chris Wokes, who was sort of also on the sidelines for a while, I think he had a point to prove. He did that both with a bat and ball. So most importantly, he took the other wickets broad. Always you can count in when Australia playing against Australia broad, you can always count to something. He did, and underwhelmed by Australia's performance in the first innings. Um, just just with Broad, you can always count on him for at least two wickets against Australia. And both <laughs> of those wickets will be David Warner. <laughs> and yes, he did. He did. I mean, in this case, the second wicket was Smith. Again, Warner and Smith in any Australian innings is a wonderful contribution. You have to concede. Yeah, well, Smith especially, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 100th test. So he was looking for 100. I mean, he talked about making it a milestone and so on. Uh, he failed on that, unfortunately. But, well, still Smith is Smith. And uh, he still averages close to 60. And you have to worry about him, right? Because already twice oh, okay. this uh, series he's hurt England. But they they got a control. They got a handle on that. But Australia came back strong. I mean, if not for Stokes' wonderful 80, that counter-attacking 80 and that Markwood, I think, again, st- sort of started it off. They were they were meandering towards nowhere. After lunch comes out Mark Wood on the second day and just takes the game by the collar, hits 24 in like whatever, five balls or six balls and then gets out. I think he ended up with 32 runs from like 16 balls for the test or something like that. So he wasn't hanging around. Mm. Um, same way he took uh, the same approach he took to his bowling, clearly. Fast and furious. Fast. Right? And I mean, that's the right approach if you are at number nine or something, I guess. It's okay. There are people like Broad who can hang on, Robinson who can hang on. You can have a dash. Why not? And that kicked off Stokes, who was sort of going at a strike rate of 35 40, suddenly kicked him off. He reminded what Stokes can do five sixes. Murphy bold got him out. I mean, I really can't blame um, Cummins too much there. I think that was the right move because Boland got three wickets. Cummins himself got three wickets, right? So that that was fantastic, fantastic bowling. Sorry, Cummins got six wickets. What am I talking of? No, Boland got no wickets, but Cummins got six. I was looking at the no balls category. Sorry. So Cummins a bit costly, but continued to take wickets. So captain stepping up to the plate, showing what he can do. But do you think Australia may have uh, missed a trick or two there? They could have gotten England at 200, do you think? I think they they may have brought uh, Murphy on to buy a wicket, mm. perhaps. Although it might have been a little bit too late at that point. But uh, Stokes was clearly the difference. So if they could have managed to uh, not have him flick right. his switch, if they couldn't get him out... I think that that would have made all the difference. Instead of a lead of 30, it might have been 80 or 100. And that would have made a lot of difference, I think. I mean, for me, if you had somehow not gotten what you already said, Stokes switched on, and that would have definitely contributed another 40 runs to Australia's lead, and that could have been a decisive lead in this test because 26 became a one-inning shootout. If you got to 75... You had the game in your hand, I thought. So that was a trick missed, I thought. Maybe a little bit more defensive cricket at that stage. Kept Stokes under. When he's looking to go big, you still kept bowling defensively, bowling away from him. right? I mean, you saw that if you kept bowling away from him, he would eventually make a mistake. You saw him do that in that 155 innings. But I think they may have missed the trick because it was early on in the game and maybe there was still a lot of juice in the pitch. This is heading, yeah? we cannot forget that. I thought that was a missed trick. And maybe that cost them the test because come the third innings, again, you knew you did not see any team make 400 here. And Australia, again, very much indebted to head again in this test. He played a wonderful knock. And I thought England missed a trick when they got, after they got Alex Carey, I think they missed a trick by not immediately bringing Mark Wood on because Stark and Cummins, you would expect they would go after the bowling because head was sort of stood at one end and he was looking comfortable. Then this is when you try to get big runs. I mean, they didn't succeed by much in the end. But, you know, uh, 224 that Australia made, they would feel confident. 255 or 251 is not going to be a less of a target. Forget the day of the game. Forget uh, forget that, you know, it's it's going to be a slightly better place to bat. But you have your tail up and you have the momentum of the series with you. And Mitchell Stark, again, took a 5-4. Wonderful bowling. So, I think... I think Australia are now not very reliant on Boland. They're not very happy with him. 
Yeah, he uh, he hasn't quite shone as brightly overseas as he has back home, I think. So why that is, uh, we'll just blame terrible English food, I suppose. I suppose. Okay. No canned beans, I think. Uh... Uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, maybe it needs yeah. to be like Shane Warner, just get a crate of baked beans sent over to him. That Pretty help. much. I mean, whatever you like, right? Australian kangaroo steak, baked beans, whatever. Get it frozen, get it over. Eat it every day, right? If that's what makes the difference. Now, I think this was one of the tests where I really expected him to stand up. He's been a bit hot and cold this tour. He's been dropped accordingly. But I was hoping this is a test where at least with his metronomic consistency, he'll give you something. Because to play him ahead of somebody like Hazelwood, they're managing Hazelwood's body. It looks like Hazelwood will not be able to string together three tests in a row at this point in time. So I think they lost a trick there. But if... Boland had stepped up to the plate, I think England would have really struggled because, look, they were already struggling. 161 for five, it could be anybody's game. And when Johnny Bairstow got out, your proverbial anchor, they were dead and buried, I thought. I mean, I thought here is where Johnny Bairstow will wake up. Uh, earlier in the innings, earlier in the test, him and uh, Jorut were batting together. I hoped the two Yorkshiremen at home would do something special. But then it took another Yorkshireman, Harry Brook to really stand up, showing that he has the maturity as well, not just the runs, not just the shots. So this time, he took his time. He eschewed a lot of big hitting early on. I mean, he fell with the target in sight, but there were still a few hiccups there. 21, 22 runs with, uh, you know, Stark bowling with his tail up. Anything could have happened. Then, uh, there you go. Uh, Wood comes in. Yeah, one of those sort of hinge moments where uh, things could go either way tiny little nudge in one direction or a tiny little nudge in the other and then it uh, changes everything. Absolutely. And I I just thought uh, if if just in a couple of balls, if Stark had got his act together and if Wood had been dismissed, I think it could still have been Australia's test. So plenty of like to and fro, a lot of good discussions, but a lot of good points to discuss. But I mean, for me, one thing that stands out, Johnny Bairstow, I mean, the anchor of England team, uh, should he now be replaced and let folks take his place? Because, man, his keeping was horrible. He's, he's, he's dropped, I think, 72,000 catches in the last three tests, mm-hmm. uh, given away approximately eight and a half million runs. And he hasn't made a lot of runs with the bat himself, so he's not really adding a lot. But um, mm. I guess somebody really hates folks, so he's not coming back in. They've named the same I mean, team for the next test anyway, I think. So, well, the next same squad. <laughs> so, unless they want to, uh, I don't know, push Bearstow up to open or something, but I'm not sure he's got a place mm. in there. It's just not good enough no. at the moment. I think Crawley and Duckett have done enough. Crawley, at least those 44, 44 runs he made in the second innings were very, very crucial for England, right? I mean, Ben Duckett has made hundreds. Mm. So, it's been. They're not going to drop either of these. So, Moin Ali at number three. Now, that's a position I thought was an adventurous decision, right? Send him up the order. Let's see what he can do. I mean, he failed. But first of all, does Moin Ali keep his place for the next test Old Trafford? Otherwise, if Bersto can bat at three? That would be the best place, I think, for Bersto to go further up the order. Um, as Moin's bowling, he took a few wickets, but... You could probably get mm. Joe Root to f- stick himself in there and take a, a chunk of the bowling as no. well. But I don't know whether they've got anybody else that they want to put in there. I mean, Old Trafford is not the place. Maybe Oval, come the Oval, Rehan Ahmed. They, he's in the squad, the leggy, mm. rookie, who played, I think, a test already in Pakistan. But look, I would not trust Root with full spin, for, for full spin uh, load. But Moyen took those two important wickets in the second innings. He got to 200 test wickets as well. Important landmark for him. So he took Labush, Labushin and Smith, or Labush Kagne and Smith, however you say it. So those were very, very critical blows. Because at least Labush Kagne, I thought he gave it away. Smith was worked out. There has to be some credit given to him. But for me, I think they'll persist with him simply because of what he did in the second innings. If he had made a 30, I mean, in the chase, look, then it would have sealed the deal for me. A quick fire 30. Like, with people like Moin, right, just play naturally. People like Bairstow, I say, play the one-day game, play the T20 game, play whatever you want, right? Forget the match situation, and it fits right in the basketball approach anyway, right? Basketball. Hmm. So the other talking point... It's Old Trafford. There is a Jimmy Anderson end there. And Mr. Jimmy Anderson, let's just say he will play 
he should play right it would be unfair if he doesn't so i'm hoping he does but then is that the end of the road for the big guy uh i'm pretty sure people have said this about him before but he does look he looked fairly impotent mm. uh, in mm. the, the previous couple of games so you you'd like to think maybe they'll uh, they'll nurse him through to the end of the series maybe let him play the last two depending on how it's all going and then maybe he can mm. uh, hopefully contribute contribute a little bit and then quietly wander off into the sunset and uh, right and be fondly remembered i think he'll start he'll start at old trafford i mean what a what a story if you were to bowl jimmy anderson bowling from the jimmy anderson end and finishing a test off for england bringing england back to two all a strange infinite recursion of jimmy andersons jimmy andersons all the way down Mm. that would be the most storied way to go unless you are planning like a murli like take your 800 wicket as your last wicket finish the game and the series for your team i mean yeah i mean he deserves a fairy tale send off i think he's done he's done wonderful things on the field but also he's been a he's been a shining beacon of fitness and sort of hope for people like me i'm almost his age aren't i so i'm even older than him but uh, he's, him he's like 68 or something isn't he you're not that old <laughs> i'm not that old yeah fair enough so in this case i really hope he plays and well at least from series perspective your thoughts on whether england can come back to two all and then take it 3-2 take the series but uh, the, the um the drama and the the overarching narrative of glorious comebacks and stuff like that would dictate that yes they mm-hmm. need to win they will win the next two tests Uh, I don't think they will. Mm. Um and Australia will probably probably win at least one of the next two. Ah. All right. So <laughs> you heard it here first folks. An Australian has predicted Australia will win the Ashes. How dare you call me in Australia? At least it's not final. Fair enough. Fair enough. I forget where you come from somewhere it's I know. No, no, I'm Australian. I just don't like <laughs> Australians. I'm joking. <laughs> I am I'm teasing you based on your location on Twitter. So oh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, so anyway. Nonetheless, at lots to look forward to, lots lots to enjoy if you are a cricket fan. Come on, I mean, this is what you live for, right? So um England stating that they'll make a comeback and sort of starting on the road to come back. And as a cricket fan, I mean, every match is every game, every session is extremely interesting. You cannot stop watching it. So it's quite something so we really hope you know they are able to string together the remaining at least make it very interesting if australia should win i have no horse in this race let them win i'm happy australia is doing wonderfully well world test championship final i mean they're the winners they are the world champions yes yes right, right. and uh, the way cummins and stark bold gave me a lot of renewed hope stark was beginning to look a little jaded he's come back to five for no boland bringing back uh, hazelwood I mean, how big a miss is the bald one? I mean, I think in this game, if you had Lyon, it was it was over for England. I think it's giving you more of a return than Murphy at the very least. I think um... <laughs> with the bat, you mean? Oh, with the bat, he could have sat out there and got himself a a couple of cow and tons and just plugged in till Travis Head could mm. make a hundred of his own or something. Exactly. Nah, I'm just thinking. I mean. in that crucial last innings lion would have finished england off mm. really i think once they were five down six down lion would have eaten them up but yeah it's okay it can happen nonetheless uh, england have taken their chance they are on the way up back again so let's see uh, let's see so your prediction australia will take at least one test so i still think it's going to be a really really tight one to call i gave it to all actually i gave one test to the weather apparently weather has still not intervened let's see if you have a miraculous five result or six result test in a english summer let's see now before we go away to talk other tests i mean the women's ashes is currently underway so women's ashes is played as an all format series one series with points counting so england were in a bad place as in that lost the test in the first t20i but then they fought back wonderfully i mean to think anybody can actually beat this australian team right at any limited overs games so i think england have outdid themselves they have beaten them three times in a row so first in a t20 because it was rain affected they got away alice capsie i thought played 
out of her skin scoring at 200 i mean they were barely over the mark they were just barely one or two runs over the dls mark but they got that win and then um, i mean as a matter how you get them as long as it says on the scoreboard perfect they never even the level i play they don't even show where you hit it you can edge everything it's fine <laughs> right so and in the second uh, in the third odi uh, t20i sorry in the third t20i they um well they started wonderfully well they had enough on the board to hold off australia i mean elisa perry again came storming back i think australia will be really 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 pissed that they couldn't clinch the series right here because having come this having come this close it takes a champion team to actually keep fighting i mean they were dead and buried after about 6 8 overs but they fought back and then alice perry elisa perry who's who was there after the 12th over decided you know let's get have a tilt at this and they very nearly got there she got them to within a, a fingernails width of actually getting over the line she hitting sixes in that last over absolutely i mean it was it was some brave batting but england held their nerve they had enough and what about yesterday's chase i mean this i thought was england are done because you know 6 for 207 and then 229 for 7 i thought oh gods surely this is not going to happen it did so what an innings from heather knight the skipper she says okay i'm going to stand up it's ashes after all right the skippers have to stand up they have to make it count that's how legends are made and heather knight stands up it, i get the sort of impression a lot of the time that as far as english the women's english team goes heather knight doesn't really get a lot of mention people sort of talk more about uh, yeah. sophie eckelston or, or uh, maybe danny white or someone like that but she's sitting there in the mm. background getting the job done and sometimes she has to step up and do it mm. with a little bit more flash visibility i guess oh, absolutely look i mean eckelston was targeted yesterday by the way and then i thought moni towards the end if she had found a way to score a few more runs quickly i mean she scored she scored the runs anchored the australian mm. innings and jonathan and her sort of revived the australian innings i mean at um 185 for 5 or 185 for 6 after that right when sutherland was dismissed who's an all-rounder right so you thought australia are in trouble here i mean maybe they'll just make 220 so to take them to 263 beth muni i mean i don't know probably one of the best batters on the planet doesn't matter men women right beth muni she's always standing up when australia needs her very good and again coming to the four showing what she can do another 10 runs you thought australia would have won but i mean yeah again this is as they say at a at a halfway mark in a chase all of those things are thrown out of the window because those are all ifs and buts when you start with the target you have in front of you and i think england did wonderfully well i mean they hung on because australia kept fighting they re- they removed jones they removed eckelston white but then at least the captain was unbeaten at one end again she was not scoring very fast but the job got done and kate cross very brave with the bat so i mean you had everything riding on you because I mean, there there was enough runs to get she never she never took a step back 30 plus runs to get she hit the majority of the runs and got england across the line so they deserve this win but i mean your thoughts can england come all the way back uh, it's already essentially a miracle that they've beaten australia three games in a row so <laughs> for them to have to win the next two that would be what's beyond a miracle um i mm. horrible cliche but uh, no meg lanning no australia maybe They managed to escape with the test but oh, maybe mm. they just need her in there for the uh for the rest of it i mean i don't think this australian team has been beaten three times in a row in the last you know three years i guess it'll be a very long right? time yeah so i mean for them this will be new territory for many of them in this team it will be new territory but then you just say let's take it one game at a time we just have to win this game the series is dead and buried right then and there right so i expect they will take the series but england will be right up there it'll be a matter of one odi difference nothing more nothing less an interesting test of the australians mental fortitude mm. if i can use such a horrible term that uh, they've mm. not been in a situation like this some of them have never been in this kind of situation so it'll be interesting to see how they they react do they uh, go into themselves a little bit and try and play a bit too safe or do they just carry on crushing all before them what they normally do Mm. they'll probably they'll probably crush all before the performance suspect okay okay let's see again board mm. prediction not surprising so all right bold. fair enough going on to the other test match that started yesterday so this is india versus west indies surprise at all that 
really West Indies did not turn up on day one. No, not a big surprise. They've uh, haven't really managed to turn up in most of the the games that I've seen them over the last year or two. Unfortunately, mm. they're uh, not the same necessarily the same personnel, but their World Cup qualifying campaign was a bit of a shambles, and um, it seems yeah. to be carrying on. So, hopefully, I mean, this is a different this is a different ball game. This is a different format. And well, you expected at least Craig Brathwaite has made some form of a team around him in his own image, battling, um, not glamorous but really effective. So you expected they would do something at least, and at least the way they started, at least the first half hour, you thought, okay, here you go. But then it started with Chandra Paul's wicket, and I mean, at least Ashwin has achieved something for the first time. I think there will be many bowlers achieving it. I mean, he's dismissed a father and son. The Chandra Pauls, the first bowler to do so. I mean, I'm sure there'll be more because Chandra Paul played long enough that there are still a few bowlers around, aren't there? Who've taken the seniors' uh, wicket? Uh, well, Jimmy Anderson is maybe if uh, we can get. Yeah, uh, I don't see Jimmy touring the Caribbean again. He's probably not going to have gotten out any of the marshes of the previous generation, so maybe not. Oh no, he's the Akbar. He's not that Akbar. He never got to play against Jeff Marsh, hopefully. No, but disappointingly, yes. I'm sure. Mm, disappointingly, but uh, I think that was Ravi's thirty-third five-wicket haul. I read somewhere. Yes, it so was. It's good to see he's still able to do a little bit of work. Hate to think he'd be relaxing. That's where you still think did India do wrong by leaving him out? But yeah, I mean, it's a water under the bridge now in the World mm-hmm. Championship final. So, but then again, back back in the groove, back taking a Pfeiffer away. And I think West Indies is his favourite team to play against. Omar away, he's got his big runs against them. He's got plenty of wickets. He's back there. And I mean, by the way, would you be surprised that the pitch is actually supporting spin from day one, hour one? What I don't know what the curator there on, was doing. I mean, against this team, this Indian team, you would not give them something that would support uh, well, the spin. Unless they think that there are some secret spin weapons in the West Indies lineup. Well, which I'm not, I'm not sure there are. I mean, Cornwall has has in has has written him to bowl well and do something special in the long run, but Warwick and I mean he's more of a steady bowler. He's some somebody who'll hold a one end up for you. Rakim Cornwall, I I see him doing big things. Uh, oh Cornwall, Cornwall is. Um, I'm surprised he doesn't play more, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But there are there are other issues going on with that, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really seen a lot of Warwick and to know what sort of bowler he is, to be honest. I mean, he's yeah. more, uh, he's a left-arm spinner, but he's more um, orthodox and he hasn't set the world alight. He's played 14 tests for West Indies already. 41 wickets. I mean, 14 tests from 2015 onwards. So he's a journeyman. He's been here for eight years. I mean, uh, he played when Suleiman Ben was around, I mean, back in the day, if you remember the big Suleiman Ben. Uh, I was more like, where is Virasame Perumal? Right, I mean, I really like that guy. He's more of a test match bowler. He's short, but he likes to toss the ball up. Right, I mean, I mean, I think this must be based on their performances in the local domestic competition, and that's where Jamil Warikan has put his name up. I mean, kudos to him for that. But uh, I don't see him really troubling the Indian batsmen. But then you could say that of many spinners out there. It's not just him. Coming back to West Indian batting, Ali Kathanaze uh, on debut. He's a Dominican. They're playing in Dominica. Debuting made a wonderful, wonderful uh, innings. I mean, and then he was worked out by Ashwin. I, rather, he gave it away, trying to hit it away, and it went straight up. That was that was a bit of a gimme. I thought he could have played longer. And then Blackwood. So the dismissal of Blackwood was a wonderful catch. I don't know if you saw this. Siraj throwing himself full length from mid on, or mid off, I think, and catching it behind him, goalkeeper style. It's a horrible stereotype, but an, an Indian cricketer fielding spectacularly. That's that's just amazing. <laughs> Right, and a fast bowler at that, not somebody who stands at point. So, but no, this Indian team is at a different level when it comes to fitness. Thanks to that drive that Kohli started, he said, "No, we have to become the best out there." And Siraj himself has done some wonderful things over the last couple of seasons in the field. I'm saying with the ball for sure, and in this case, with the ball, well, he did his bit. He even got a wicket. He bounced out somebody, right? He bounced Holder out. It was a sort of set plan and. It was just perfectly done. 
but then the spinners did the rest jadeja was already extracting alarming turn i mean ashwin varied his pace varied his lengths jadeja went out there did what jadeja does stuck it to on a length and let the pitch do the rest i mean there was a cart behind where i thought first of all ishan kishan playing ahead of um um bharat i mean not much of a surprise but i think they are now like horses for courses if it's on a swinging pitch it's bharat if it's on a subcontinent type pitch it's kishan who who is the replacement for pant at this point in time so kishan played so he took that catch was wonderful catch if you're a spinner the wicket of joshua de silva where he rode the bounce along with the batter the batter nicked it but he caught it so that's like archetypical beautiful keeping where you're staying with the ball and you're rising with the ball that was very nice to see that he has this sort of maturity and of course we know what he can do with the bat so jadeja is going to probably kill them in the second innings ashwin did all the adapting you saw him bowl fast you saw him bowl slow you saw him suddenly toss one up you saw him suddenly bowl one flat almost like a seamer i mean i saw a lot of variation so ashwin said even though the ball turned from uh, nearly the first hour it was there was some moisture so that means there was some bounce that he could also use he did that but then it went bone dry very quickly i'm really worried for the west indians really because they didn't take a wicket before the end of the day's play india might just bat for two days <laughs> from here <laughs> equally that they, they could just go out and bat for two sessions today have a 300 run lead obviously he's out with uh with an hour to spare potentially uh, yeah. i'd like to think the west indies all uh, will spine hmm. up a little bit and uh, dig in and all those sporting clichés Mm. have a bit of pride in the performance and blah 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 mm. um they do they, seem to be on quite the downward spiral at the moment unfortunately i mean they'll uh, probably fight they'll take the game into the fourth day but i don't see them taking it to the fifth i predict a lot of more wickets thank you i mean uh, that's all we have to look forward to because what i want is a fight what i want is a competition right so uh, nonetheless i i'm thinking this is written on the wall for the west indies at least as far as this test goes i mean i'm really worried i mentioned it on another podcast i was on recently that if west indies don't turn up this is their flagship team now their odi team and t20 team is in shambles if these people don't turn up people who are planning the ftps will start taking note of that they're like what's the point of touring west indies even anymore let's end our rating there right it'll end up being a whole load of well let's get bangladesh over there for the fifth time in six years mm. because i think that seems to be the way they people in charge think right i'm i'm really worried now because west indies will have to also so they're also i'm saying they're also fighting for their survival in the top table with their lack of uh, results and non qualification for the world cup i don't think they'll just be forgotten but it's happened before you know if you look at the football world cup i think uruguay won a lot of world cups beginning at the very start and since then they have not turned up so this this is known to happen i guess in a way there's a there's a parallel with um, what happened with kenya in cricket at oh, a, yeah. a slightly differing scales but mm. kenya didn't even qualify to try to qualify for the world cup mm. uh, on the back of a bunch of very bad performances and some questionable uh questionable administration so mm. um, the hope the west indies are going to end up in that kind of death spiral that's right. potentially possible to return from yeah i mean that's the whole point i'm i'm really hoping it doesn't take uh, the uruguay route but you know there are teams of made a comeback like look at zimbabwe themselves i mean if they were to be given a bit more chances now they are showing they can do a lot i mean we'll see how the next generation shapes up after the williams raza and uh, erwin retirement but i mean this is always a rejuvenation is always a tough challenge even india are going through a rejuvenation phase there is no bumrah there's no shami this is the india of tomorrow siraj is the pack leader shardul will play more test when you're playing outside you don't expect both ashwin and jadeja to play at all times right ashwin is no spring chicken either so you'll see this is the india team of the future at some point in time you'll see more spinners different spinners coming up you'll see different fast bowlers mukesh kumar is on this tour i mean uh, a journeyman who's swinging who's able to swing the ball both ways so india are also transitioning but then west indies have been in transition for like what 20 years now 15 years now since uh, richie richardson went and maybe lara retired and that the famous duo went i think they were still it's, winning uh, tests yeah, yeah. the uh, i suppose the difference between india transitioning into a new team is that india has 
an awful lot more talent to draw from. Mm, whereas yeah. the West Indies might be having an ever ever decreasing pool of potential anything's, whether it's a, a batsman or a bowler to to come in and make a mark and replace older guys as they go. You can't keep getting Dre Russell back in or, no. No. or that kind of thing. You've got to try and find guys who are going to hang around. I was hoping that Chanderpaul would mm. make a much more powerful start to everything, but he's um, come back to reality a little bit. I mean, look, I was only hoping... I mean, he. there's a learning curve here. Let's not forget. I mean, the older Chandrapal also struggled early on, but then something something liberated him. I think they said it was an operation in his foot for a floating bone, whatever that was. And then he came out to be a different batter. I mean, you have to take two years to bed yourself in. And during those two years, you still have to play certain big innings. That gives everybody the belief. This is, you have it in you, right? I don't think the West Indian first-class setup has at least for when it comes to batting, the same competition that they will face at the highest level. So you have to adapt right at the highest level, unfortunately. Right? So we are really hoping at least he steps up. He's, he's one for the future. Brathwaite has enough time. Huh? We think of Brathwaite as somebody who's been here forever, but he's only 30 and change. I, I was very surprised. In my mind, he was 33 change. He was only 30 and change. And he's already number four on the list of most balls faced by a West Indian batter. Not the runs, right? Balls faced. I mean, that's his. <laughs> I mean, that's his uh, way of going forward. He'll give you a 300 ball score in 88 or whatever, right? So, but that's fine. If your opener plays, mm-hmm. your innings goes on. That's that's how it goes, right? So, he's the captain. He's the sort of the spine of this innings. Uh, let's really hope they make a comeback. At least they make. A, there was no Gabriel in this test, but I would have liked to have seen Gabriel. Maybe he's not yet fully match fit, but that guy can give you the scare. But. Kemar Roach without Gabriel on the other end is not the same deal, I think. They're trying to build Alzari Joseph up, who's young, who has the pace, who has the, let's say, the menace. But, I mean, uh, Holder is there, there are thereabouts. He'll give you a wonderful holding role and he'll give you some wickets. He's got the added bonus of being able to bat a bit as well. So Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday they worked him out. He can fill the... Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I, I think against... Um... Against a lot of opposition, uh, he's just not going to quite have the skills to do it. He's not the same against high-quality spin as against high-quality pace. So you're right. I mean, he made a double hundred against England at home when he was the skipper. So he has it in him to bat long. Same for people like Ali Katanas is showed that he can bat time. This is very good. Joshua De Silva is very nuggety. I like him. So they have the makings of a good team, frankly. It's not about talent, I think, at least when it comes to this 11. It's about mindset, temperament. So I really hope, you know, they pull through, they give, they they make it tough for India. I don't know if they'll be able to stop India from winning. But the amount of fight you put up in this test augurs well for the rest of the series. Even if you're losing, you lose hard. You don't lose easily. You don't lose docilely. So let's hope so. Losing four days, not two. That's all we ask. Yeah, and that's okay. That's a big deal. And two days, come on. I think that's definitely hyperbole. Come on. I might be exaggerating there ever so slightly. Just ever so. I mean, we, we, we already understood that with the runs and buys that Johnny Besto gave away. But let's let's forget that. All right. Uh, moving on. There's another international series. This is Afghanistan-Bangladesh. Afghanistan beat Bangladesh comfortably in the ODA series. The third ODA was, well, they gave a couple of new caps, but they were beaten comfortably. But the two first ODIs, they beat Bangladesh without much pain. Does it surprise you at all, though? It did, actually. Um Okay. And to go back to something I said before, no uh, Tamim Iqbal, no Bangladesh. Um, I would, yeah, I didn't, didn't expect the Bangladesh to... They sort of they felt like they capitulated somewhat. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Which, I, yeah, just was quite a surprise. I mean, here is a name I'll throw into the Bangladesh mix, which could have made a huge difference. Mahmoodullah. I think I don't think he's officially retired from uh, Limited Hours International. Well, we but know he's, retiring he's not... doesn't mean much in Bangladesh these days. So. <laughs> okay. Okay, we'll get to that. Yes, <laughs> I understand. 24 hours is, I think, a cooling-off period there during which we can actually cancel it. But either case, um, I think he would have made a huge difference. Look, Shakib is there. Shakib is doing his bit. You see uh, Mushfiqur Rahim stand up every now and then do that special something, right? But in that huge chase, so first of all, Bangladesh bowlers did well. The way Gurbaz and Ibrahim Zadran started and set it up, I thought Bangladesh was going to make 380 or something. So they pulled it back. They kept 
Afghanistan to 331. And then um, when it came to their batting, only Mushfiqur Rahim stood up. Nobody else. I mean, I expected big things from Litton Das. So Litton Das is the coming man of Bangladesh cricket. He's also the captain of the limited Standard team captain, now. Yeah, yeah. Standard at least. I think he leads in the T20s then. So they shouldn't go back to Shakib. They haven't. I really hope, even though Tamim comes back, he should not be made captain anymore. You can't do that. You can't pull a retirement and come back and then expect everything will be the same next day for me. I mean, no matter who convinces you, whether it's the prime minister or the chief of the board. I mean, frankly, I think he took offense to how... He was his fitness and his lack of match practice was critiqued by the board president. I don't know what the board president does. He sometimes talks as if he's acting against the team, even though it's his own team. He's the president of that board. But okay, that's another discussion. Apparently, the coach lost his bit, lost his rag and had a go at the president. He says, Yeah, yeah, Hatu called me and had a go at me for talking about Tamim in the press conference. I'm like, where is your common sense? Why are you talking? He's your player. He's the captain of your team. You can always have an off-the-record chat with him. Whatever you want to say, you say it there. I mean, this is an ongoing issue, right? This is a big businessman, so he knows the right people and he'll always be the board president whenever he wants. But he continuously criticizes the team when they're on tour, when they're in a World Cup, when they're at home. I don't know what is he doing. It's a pretty poor way to try and motivate your team by slagging them off like that. It doesn't seem to have worked much. And Tamim is one of your most accomplished batsmen. I mean, he's going through a trough. And we don't know if it's a terminal trough or it's just a trough. People discover it. Kohli went through a trough. People like, I don't know, big people like Mark Taylor, I think, didn't hit 100 for two years or whatever. It happens. Mm. But you you have to pick yourself up up, up and then you have, to, you have to back your players. Or you say he doesn't belong there. Either he's there in the team and you back him. You brought him back as a captain and then you criticize him. So, and the other thing, I must say, I mean, it, it might come across as a bit partisan, but they they get really touchy. They're like, how dare you? How dare you criticize me? I'm going to retire. And then the prime minister calls on him and she says, what are you doing, son? Yeah, the, the prime minister is very persuasive. She's managed to work it out. Possibly she's threatened to drop him into the sea from a helicopter. I don't know. Yes. So, and I don't think... I mean, we know she's capable of that, but in, in this case, it might not be the case. It, it might not be that she may have done such a thing. But in either case, it was the right word in his ear from a right person. So when he retired, I immediately tweeted saying, this is two years of playing time lost. Somebody needs to have a word with him. I was hoping the president of the board himself would you know, go back. Not quite apologize, but not in so many words, tell him, I, I think I spoke out, out of turn, you should come back, you know, you have a lot to offer. But then it was the highest authority uh, or the elected authority in the land and she had yeah, to come The back second most say. powerful person in the country after the president of the cricket board. Fair enough, <laughs> apparently. But there you go. So coming back to the game, I, I am no longer surprised if Afghanistan beat Bangladesh in limited overs internationals, no matter where they play. In tests... That's why there is a bit of needle because the last time Afghanistan played Bangladesh, they had beaten Bangladesh and this time Bangladesh absolutely ground them into dust in a test game. Literally beat them under two days. But then when it came to the limited overs games, I still think this Afghanistan team is better drilled, better prepared and much more accomplished than a Bangladesh team currently. I thought Mahmoudullah could have made a difference. Their bowling unit is really stepping up, by the way. I'm talking of Bangladesh now. Their fast bowling unit really did a lot in the test and you expected a lot from them also in the other other games but somehow at least they have not they have not delivered the same way Mustafizur Rahman is there Hassan Mahmoud Ibadat Hussain same names spin is there or thereabouts Shakibul Hassan will give you two wickets for 50 two wickets for 55 no matter how bad the situation it, uh, did Ebadot uh, get injured at some point I yes yes, yes yes yeah. so that probably didn't help no, I mean, he was already in his last hour. I mean, he couldn't have done much more. But I was only like two balls left, wasn't it? Something like that, right? But he, I think, yeah, but they've kicked off a love affair with fast bowling, which is always nice to see. Taskin Ahmed has a lot to, lot to offer in the coming years. Shariful Islam, again, I think uh, a name to reckon with. Between him and Taskin Ahmed and um, somebody like uh, Mustafizur Rahman, I expect more from the Bangladesh attack in limited hours. So I really hope they can take it to the next level there. But... I'm really looking forward to the two T20As, by the way. So there are T20As left in the store. I'm really looking forward to those. And there'll always be needle. Now it used to be Bangladesh versus Sri Lanka. Now it is Afghanistan versus Bangladesh. There's always be needle when these two teams fight. 
you know take take each other on so wonderful theater if that's what you're looking for so does they have the stump like so yeah yeah I mean, well they don't quite share a language but it'll be mostly body language and aggression uh, you you might still enjoy if the stump mics are switched on i'm sure all of them players also speak english so they might be yeah, some well, yeah the international language of sledging english get ready to get your uh, fn arm broken mate right exactly we need more of that goddammit yeah there you go <laughs> yeah, that never damages anybody's ah, that's reputation okay. no 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 that's okay what reputation we are talking of cricket yes here mark well one country one country all right now if, if you were to go on to the other news of the field news well something that has slipped our radar last two podcasts i missed this so border alan border finally reveals what all those bangies head against the wall during the 80s is done he's got parkinson's i mean i'm yeah, joking about it might that be a lesson about standing up to west indian bowling at this <laughs> I don't think he got hit in the head that many times. I know no. he played without the helmet. Kept grumpy leading the way. Yeah. It's it's very it's very sad he's only 68. I mean, I really was, you know, so you you know something is amiss when somebody like this, somebody as accomplished and as intelligent as him steps back from a public role with the cricket Australia. You know something is amiss. But then you also think he's mature enough to say no this is not my time it's not my thought process i don't i'm not needed here even steve doesn't come up much as a name right such an accomplished name so you think they're out of the picture because they don't need to be there but then to hear he's kept himself to himself from 2016 because he was diagnosed and now it's come out he's taken his time and he's revealed it when he wants to but i mean that really broke my heart i've, I've not really noticed his so not really notice his absence I've not really noticed him stepping back so much until just fairly recently because he used to he'd appear on the um, various lunchtime chats from test overseas and things like that uh, look it's one thing to sit in a studio at at home talk to somebody it's another yeah. thing to be actively involved as a national performance director coach uh, in the academy or strategy manager i mean this is the man you need this is the man that is capable of raising anybody any team from the dead i mean australia doesn't need it but he could have been a touring coach he could have been a successful coach of india uh, england well ponting was asked apparently so i'm sure border may have also been asked at some point i mean 90s would he like to coach england <laughs> right so i mean uh, the, his pride would have prevented him from doing that but nonetheless i mean i we really wish him all the best we really want him to be as comfortable and for as long as his health permits him right he's probably my favorite australian cricketer from that era i think mm. Mm. so Yeah, hopefully it's uh something that we can manage for quite some time. Yeah, Parkinson's is now more manageable it's different from a while back. But still we know where he's headed and what it means. I mean that that must be very scary but again I mean this is the man that fought the West Indian attack without helmets. So you'd back him if anybody to fight it. I mean the end has to come. It'll come for all of us. It's about grace and this man I'm sure will take it with as much grace as can be managed in this situation so we wish him all the best thank you crossed yeah absolutely now well your favorite topic all right i'm open netherlands lost to sri lanka in the right <clears throat> i mean um, ah. well now i'm talking about fun of the netherlands just because they failed in one game it's the fact mm. that they got there in the first place and uh not mm-hmm. over some fairly impressive teams in the process right And, uh right chaps like Bastelider are busy belting balls everywhere taking wickets <laughs> crushing the opposition i mean that was once in a lifetime innings absolutely i mean that strike rate that chase to beat uh, scotland in the end but also i mean five four before i don't know what he had for lunch <laughs> absolutely i mean what he had for breakfast what he had for lunch please give me because 5-4 to begin with keeping uh, keeping scotland still sort of in a place that's chaseable and coming back and chasing 274 and 43 overs come on and from where they were they needed 10 and over almost for the last say, 16 overs 17 overs he got them there and they took it comfortably it was like a planned chase it was like they were playing a t20 they knew how to go about it that was very very heartwarming they had it all, all set out they had had some targets hopefully and we're busy 
moving towards mm-hmm. those targets and then ticking them off and going, yep, we've got this chips. Yeah. Get another six. Bang, there you go. And he wasn't available, right, for the finals. That's why Netherlands lost. You know this. If, if that's going to be your excuse, then fine. I'll... Yeah, but not because Sri Lanka were just clearly the better side out of, uh, <laughs> out of the <laughs> At least I was happy the way the Dutch uh, bowling attack fought back. So, uh, at 2 for 115, Sri Lanka could have made 300. Even 3 for 180, they would have gone on. So, they had a setup with the top order contributing and between the top five, they had enough runs. They strangely dropped Karuna Ratna. I, I don't know if it was injured, but I would not have dropped Karuna Ratna because this is like an anchor and he can bat and bat and bat. They let him go and they included a couple of all-rounders, spin bowling all-rounders. Well, in the end, it didn't matter because... Dhananjaya De Silva, the captain, Vanindu Hasaranga, you expect some runs from them, but Vanindu Hasaranga did his bit. But Sri Lanka didn't complete their 50 hours. That's what I meant, right? Mm. In the end, 233 could have been way short of target if Netherlands had set themselves up decently enough. So, Vikram Jit Singh lost his wicket pretty early on, already in the fifth over. And then, Baresi, Nidamanuru and Noah Cruz, and also the skipper. I mean, that, that meant, you know, from six for... Um, something you don't come back under six for under 50 you're done you're dead and buried even five for 41 you still hoped netherlands were capable of some sort of a miracle it didn't happen yeah Kroos had a very odd match where he was busy dropping catches and then taking catches and doing some quality fielding and then bumping <laughs> balls over the boundary and it's a strange sort of game for him but uh can't not going to blame him for it but um Youngster, yeah. a very, very um, young guy, but uh, I think he has some experience playing in Australian leagues. So, well, at least he's not purely homegrown talent, but nonetheless, um, they appreciate what he can do. He's He's got his uh, jersey, the Dutch jersey, so they know what he can do and he, they're happy. So, let's see. Um, well, it was a one-off, a blip, but as you <laughs> say, the Dutch cricketing landscape has had a huge facelift for the upcoming four years. And that, for me, is the most important thing. I think it's especially useful is that that the entire Netherlands team was almost a, a B-side, given how many players weren't available for the whole thing. Of course. And of course. For, They're full first-choice attack except uh, Logan van Baker. Mm. But, uh, so would, yeah. would uh, Paul van Baker and make a great deal of difference? I have no idea. But at least um, they managed yes. to show that they've got a bit of depth if nothing else absolutely i mean that's the most heartwarming thing as well four or five homegrown talents showing themselves up putting names on the world stage to be noticed including past the lead i mean he he has pedigree but converting the pedigree into runs but converting them into wickets making an impact right i mean that 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 performance is he's right up there only four times or five times in a four and a half thousand odi span has that happened where somebody took a hundred out of I was yeah, I was uh, I was checking that out today, and I think the first one was Viv Richards, was the first man to do that. Not yeah. a bad name, somebody who bowled what I thought looked like part-time spin. I mean, very very deceptively good part-time spin. I'm sure he's in the uh, in the same bag as Alan Border, who did a bit of handy part-time spin, and his Michael wow. Clark did the same sort of thing. I would definitely put Bar- Border well above Clark to bowl <laughs> in that eighties team. Yeah, take a six-four. I mean, I, I think Border changed Test series once or twice with his bowling, and well, Pop Clark took a six-four on a hand grenade laden Mumbai pitch. Even I would have taken. Uh, I, I still think that game should have been investigated. It was very <laughs> suspicious. Six for nine. Yes, maybe. maybe. Very suspect. Mm. <laughs> okay. Onwards to other topics. Well, MCC proposes a cut in bilateral ODIs. They say from 2027, reduce the number of bilateral ODIs. Don't ever play a five ODI series. Make it two or three. Right? And then set up a test fund. Now, this is the most important thing where they say make make it happen that other teams who want to get to test status have something to fall back on. Right? And it, it behooves the world body to start setting some funds aside to try and promote the <laughs> test game among those people who are close. Because Scotland is close. I don't think Netherlands is close, frankly, but Scotland is close. Ireland and uh, Afghanistan have been promoted only recently. So you have to try. You have to try it. So, But that also means the cost of hosting a test is not small, but also doing it without much of an audience 
yes it's going to be very tough because you might also not be able to sell much of it to the world uh, media there some backing funds might really help your thoughts on these things uh it's it's it seems interesting that um i think it was mike gaddy who's the the head of that committee was sort of acknowledging that cricket is really just sort of played or controlled by just a very small number of of nations and and players in that area and that, that they are actually managing to recognize that there is something happening beyond india australia england um with some sort of hmm. hoping to grow the game is what i guess is what it sounds like mm-hmm. uh whether or not it's a case of setting up some sort of very very rigid pathway for for other countries to reach some sort of test status or supporting the the current test teams in I mean, getting better i guess or maybe mm-hmm. the west indies could benefit from that mm-hmm. as the years go by um it's it seems like a fairly positive thing because it, it's it's also uh, uh, part of that plan i think is to try and increase the number of women's tests as well mm. uh, um which which can't be a bad thing uh, you have players uh, female players that go through careers of a couple of hundred white ball games and never get to play a single test and that sort of doesn't seem very fair so if they can mm. if they can actually get something to happen and stay in place and not just get quietly forgotten some point next year when it doesn't suit the people who are actually running the game mm. that would be good i'm going to be reasonably uh, cynical about it i think until there is some actual kind of results or concrete things mm. going on also just give them maybe a test status they did i think so namibia might be the next gap after rank maybe scotland and namibia right but yeah i mean i'm worried unless you create a second tier test league and as far as they don't like it i don't care west indies falls into the second tier bangladesh yeah right i mean bangladesh also will not be happy but then Uh, then you play with bangladesh sri lanka uh, sorry bangladesh sri lanka was a it slipped up sri lanka doesn't don't deserve to be there but um bangladesh namibia uh, ireland afghanistan west indies zimbabwe a second tier mm. where you play and then the top tier has promotion demotion at the end of every world test championship cycle there is a play championship for the second division the winner of the play championship or the winner and the runner up coming to the top league and the two bottom two teams of the top league fall off then it also adds this additional jeopardy for teams like even new zealand were in the bottom two this time i think they were the champions last time they were in the bottom two this time so that adds that hmm. jeopardy yeah that, that's that's all well and good until one of the teams in the bottom two is india or australia due to various misadventures or Well, let, let it be then suddenly the whole thing will be pulled out it won't happen they will not allow australia will would never australia is doing their very best to never have to play afghanistan in anything <laughs> other than a t20 pretty much any chance well, they get to avoid playing the quote unquote lesser teams hmm. because they're far too good for that we need to have another series against australia against uh, england and india and maybe we'll we'll get the new zealanders over so we can smack them around it a little bit as well <laughs> Look, horrifying chauvinism of some of the cricketing nations is just i'm thinking that chauvinism itself will make sure they don't <laughs> fall down you cannot simply afford to fall down india you cannot afford to fall down mm. because then you lose the seat at the top table you will not be able to play south africa west indies other other teams right south africa england but then for australia ashes will no longer be possible that itself i'm pretty sure they'll always carve out special exemptions for ashes and uh board of gavaskar trophies and things like that i'm just saying the problem I mean, with all of these plans that there's always little exemptions to to let those quote unquote big right. three mm. such as they are although it's really i guess just a big one these days there are always ways to get them uh, inveigle themselves into into things that gets them out of having to mm. face any consequences for bad play so not enough I mean, interesting though if uh, if it's if you could have a double a two division setup bangladesh like you say might be a little bit uh, affronted that they'd be dropped down but then they'd also end up most likely having the joy of trouncing a bunch of other teams for the for the rest of the test cycle and feeling a bit better based on that so that could be a selling point 
it's a, you play 16 tests, Bangladesh, and you're mm. going to win 15 of them uh-huh. because you'll be playing, uh, playing Scotland and you're going to play Ireland and you're going to play Namibia. Mm. And you, if you don't beat them, then maybe you should be in a third division. I mean, that's that's the point, right? I'm also going to say the same thing. So same for West Indies. So the first time somebody is put into that group, they will grovel. They're not, they'll not grovel. They'll grumble and they'll say, this is this is partisanship. How dare you put it? In? Show us. You should wipe every other team. Look at our storied history. We've got tradition. Hmm. Zaka Ashraf, the PCB chairman, met um, Jay Shah, who's the chairman of the Asian Cricket Council, but also holds a significant post within the BCCI. And, well, it's done. The hybrid model has been approved, has been given their blessing. And uh, it will go. So Sri Lanka will host nine of the Asia Cup games. Pakistan will host four of them. I, uh, I saw that the discussions were described as cordial, which is a nice sign. Mm. I mean, I would have said that's what they had to drink, but I don't think they do that in that part of the world. Were, were they even in the same room or they were just having people ferry messages? Well, there is a photo of them together. I oh, think there's a photo well, of them standing together. Fake news. Yeah. It's probably AI generated. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, I mean, as far as this goes, it shows there's a break in the ice, but I'm worried the bigger trend of what this is leading towards where... India will pretty much get to say how cricket will be played all over Asia because you need the Indian team. This is how it's going to happen, mm. whether you like it or not, right? I'm worried about that because, um, well, they they have the clout, but they also have the money. and But more importantly, they may have some of the smaller nations who are dependent on them and uh, in the pocket. Very much like the, uh, the voting for uh, where they hold soccer World Cups where uh, countries can say to Equatorial Guinea, well, we'll build you this nice highway if you vote for us. That, mm. that seems to be the impression I'm getting of how India might be dealing with some of the other countries. We'll, oh, yeah. We'll you this, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you don't know what's being promised. Yeah, yeah. it could be. Uh, yeah. We'll give you a, a nice seven-match tour. That's going to be worth a huge amount of money for you guys. What we've got to do is just... Yeah. Oh, no, we'll build two stadiums on top of that <laughs> and give you a seven-match tour, right? I mean... Uh, I'm thinking, right, sometimes um, there is power, there is power, absolute power corrupting absolutely, but there is decentralized administration, there is decentralization of power. We went from one centric model, Anglo-centric model to now uh, Asio-centric model, if I may call it. Um, when will this change, do you think? Will this ever change? But uh, India were very unhappy with how they were treated by Australia and England when these two were sort of at the top in the 70s and early 80s and then now they are at the top they're doing no different but do you see this changing at all at any short-term notice well in the short term i wouldn't think so um i kind of get the feeling that in a lot of ways it's the ipl that that's the 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 core of that Mm. power as such Mm. because that's there's a lot of money in it players are coming from all over the place being to be in it Mm. Uh, if the IPL bubble bursts, maybe there'd be a bit of a difference. But again, I can't see that happening anytime soon. Exactly. I mean, uh, unless in if yeah, I can't see anybody else necessarily stepping up to hmm. well to, to be yet another country running everything in spite of uh, everyone else. I was hoping with the cultural depth and the wisdom air quotes that is embedded in the culture that is India. I was really hoping they will find a way. I'm still thinking with time, they will still find a way. 10 years from now, they may still find a way to make it less dominant, less top three, top two, whatever. But I, I might be just yeah. living a pipe dream. I don't know. I'm not sure at the moment they necessarily have the interests of cricket at the centre of what they do. They may be more having the interests of ego and money. Mm. I guess get the money and then you can start exercising your ego a bit more. Mm. Whether or not, I mean, it'd be nice if India could actually win a title every now and then. Exactly. And um, say it out loud, Mug. Make them feel the Yeah, well, India, win something. Yes. Um, For all the the money and all the players and all the, uh, the noise you make, you don't win anything. But you go to the semifinals and finals and then you get beaten by whoever is there. Yeah. This is like uh, Germany for a while, right? You did everything. You went to the semifinals or finals of a World Cup and then somebody like Italy, Portugal, Netherlands, somebody would turn up and kick your ass. You have to change that. You have to change that. But okay. Now that we've alienated everyone in India. Uh-huh. But, um, well, 
I don't know if you noticed uh, this game, uh, the, the series between India and Bangladesh, the women's T20I. There's another one about to start, so it kicked my uh, attention. So India lead the series 2-0, but I mean, the first one was an easy win. They put Bangladesh in, they chased 114 with no trouble. But then the second one was a really, really tight game. I saw a part of it. I mean, the men's Bangladesh team was playing, the women's team was playing. I said, I'm going to follow the women's team because this is more interesting, this game. The, the men's the team had pretty much clinched the game against Afghanistan. There was not a lot to see. But India batted first, made only 95 for 8 in a T20. And you thought Bangladesh will chase it down. But then Indian spinners. So the first over of the Bangladesh chase went for 10 runs for by a fast faster bowler. After that, that's it. India went to 19 hours of spin and they shut the game down. So they, they have like Minu Mani who took 2 for 9 in 4. Deepti Sharma 3 for 12 in 4. Shafali Verma. Shafali Verma is not even a full-time bowler. They bowled part-time off spin. She took 3 for 15 in 3. And then Jemima Rodriguez, 18. There you go. She bowled it all. There you go. Yeah, neither did I, by the way. But she bowls very good off spin and so does Jemmy. Jemmy Rodriguez, at least we know she, she bowls. But Shafali, not so much. And Shafali Verma got to bowl the last over. She took three wickets by herself. There was a run out. So, 10 runs of six balls, four wickets in hand. Bangladesh lost by scoring one run in the last over. That was sort of unexpected. Between the last four, they contributed some total of zero runs, the Bangladeshi bats, batters. That is something I have not seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was 138. Nigar Sultana, the captain and the keeper. But outside of her, nobody even made a double digit. And 87 all out in full 20 overs. So, in the end, it was a comfortable victory. That was unexpected. But now, the third uh, T20 is starting shortly. And I think they'll not be happy, Bangladesh. They'll want to change this. So, um, well, let's see how that goes. Those are all the topics I had in mind. There was a small one. Gary Stead being re-elected or being reappointed as the coach of New Zealand until mid-2025. No surprises there. But I don't know if you're surprised. No, no surprise. He's the most successful coach they've had, I think. So mm-hmm. might as well keep keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, and he's maximized the playing careers of some of the players. Like Tim Saudi, I was worried, was going to drift away. They got the most out of bold before he went away. And then Kane Williamson is still there, thereabouts. And yeah, they're in a good position, Kiwis. And I hope, uh, you know, they keep growing from strength to strength. It's always nice to see when Kiwis succeed, even if it's against Australia or India. Just... Just like the Australia, we know you're, uh, we know you're like and dislike, but yes, good to hear nonetheless. I mean, those are all the topics, and I would like to invite you a bit more often if you can make the time for me. I really love chatting with you, and I really love the different perspective you bring. You don't take it too seriously. You hear me blushing? Oh, I'm blushing. Um, yes, that, that's fine. As long as I can organize it. Don't worry, our listeners can't see you. And uh, we'll see if that's possible. Thank you very much for your time once again. I know it's the end of your working day. You hurried home to make this happen. So thank you very much. Always a pleasure. We also wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from. Thank you and bye-bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.